0: thank you for coming today, uh, a really important day. This is our Vision Sunday. And so if you're new, we just want to open things up to you and show you what we're about and where we've been and where we're going. That's quite simply it. Our vision hasn't changed. We're not a party political broadcast changing the vision every general election. It's not like that. Uh, God has laid certain things in our heart and we continue to go for it. So that's where we're, that's where we're heading today. I, I, I trust you had a good holiday or some break during the summer. I don't know if you have uh, memories that you can look back on, but we certainly have. On the 28th of July, that day will stick in my mind. uh, We had a phone call at nine o'clock to get over to our son Matt's house and Amanda, our daughter-in-law, and as we were on our way, we saw this ambulance going, blue lights and all the rest of it. There was a baby that had been overdue and was no longer overdue. And, uh, so we followed the ambulance to their house and, and got in the house and, um, I'll tell you, what, you know, it's like one of those old movies and a man, Matt came down and says, mom, more towels. We need more towels, more towels. And then, uh, then there was, and I was expecting hot water, hot water. I mean, of course they had hot water, but uh, I was expecting hot water and uh, it was just, it was, it was, it was amazing. Absolutely brilliant. But, um, the phone call came at 9 o'clock for us to get over there. Uh, the baby was born at 9.44. I don't think everybody wants as exciting a moment as that, but it will stick in my mind. And so Nathan Isaac joined the family uh, on that day, 28th of July. And the thing about families is, and this is what people say. People say, uh, we had this many times, treasure these days, they'll be gone before you know it. They go by so fast. You you might have said those things. People said them to me. But you know, there were some days I wanted to say, if they go by so fast, why don't you have them today? I mean, it's just, I, I know here that we love children and all the rest of it, but... Some days the day goes really slow. So I tell you, and, and somebody once put it this way, that the days go slow and the years go fast. And I remember Stuart Reed saying about your children, five, ten, fifteen, gone. The years go fast. But the days go slow. And it's what happens during the day that makes the difference. It's not the big moments, it's the little moments that make up the big moments. You cannot get there without what's going on in the days that tend to go a little bit more slowly than when you look back over the years. And that's why we're doing vision today. And we're doing vision so we can catch the big picture, but we're doing vision so we can see where we are right now in sometimes the slowness of the day. So I want to pick up three themes Today, one is be committed to wholeheartedness. You know, be wholehearted. And the second thing I wanted to do is I want to uh, pick up the theme of being committed to community. And lastly, committed to the lost. So we're going to start on the first part, which is this uh, passage here in 2 Chronicles 25, verses 1 and 2. And Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king. He reigned in Jerusalem for 29 years. His mother's name was Jehoadan, And she was from Jerusalem. Here's the line. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. There's a whole story. There's an epic in verse 2. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. I used to play for the King's Church football team. I know I can see the horror on your face. You're going to say, "I know, I know." You say they must have been desperate. Well, you're right; they were desperate. So I, I played in the team, and um, the captain of the day was a certain man called Nigel Smith. You see, the hell the team is here, and so um, I, I, but. On all the occasions, Nigel will give us a team talk, uh, both before and during the match at halftime. Never once, never once did Nigel say, hey guys, I want you to go out, I want you to give it 80%. He never did that. I never heard him say, make sure you give 80%, but don't give it all. Make sure you do what's right, but don't do it wholeheartedly. Nigel never did that. He basically said, "You do it till you drop." You know, okay, I mean, and there are some along the wayside. So, wholeheartedly, you know, I don't know if you can you imagine sitting in a marriage ceremony and they make their vows, and the husband turns around to the wife and he says, "I will love you," four fifths of the time. I'm going to honor you four-fifths of the time. All that I, oops, four-fifths of what I have, i got to give to you. Amaziah was king for 29 years. And all he did was what he had to do. He turned up, followed the procedures, ticked, ticked the box, box marked king, but his heart wasn't in it. I tell you, That's a miserable way to live. That is a miserable way. You cannot do vision without being wholehearted. You can't do it. We can't be where we are without being wholehearted. Here's it spelled out. The vision of this church is to have a thousand people through our doors in multiple meetings at multiple sites. And in the process, we want to build the church, we want to bridge into the community, and we want to be a blessing to the poor and beyond our shores. Three B's. Build, bridge, bless. We want to be a place where everyone's welcome, where nobody's perfect. That works, I can see. And, and everything's possible. God has specifically told us, more than once, prophetically spoken over us. He has said to us, I have many people in this place. I just can't get away from that. When we pray as leaders together and the staff together, we, that often comes up. Lord, you said I have many people in this place. I have many people in this place. You can't do it without wholehearted people. You cannot do it. So I want to introduce wholehearted people to you. They were here in the first meeting. And um, this is them absolutely this can you is that clear up here can you see that or can we drop a few shots I wouldn't like you to miss their faces really you see Jeff and Mim are there and um, and a number of other others are, are there I get a better view can you see it now is it more clear now okay this this group of people moved from a place called Hayes, and that's on the signpost, uh, to a place called Hazemir. They did this over 40 years ago, about 47 years ago, or something like that. And they moved. And they moved here to Hazelmere because they saw this housing development. And it's up in Hazelmere there's a big housing area, isn't there, Ron? You're, you're on it. And I'm um, in mean, loads and loads of houses. And their heart was to see people saved. They wanted them to know Jesus Christ. I, I, I'm sure the housing was cheaper, but their heart was to see people saved. That's what they longed for. That's what they wanted to do. They didn't have all the details. We can drop that now. Thank you very much. They didn't have all the details back then. They weren't, thinking, they weren't even thinking church. They weren't. They were going to join other churches. They weren't thinking of a church for themselves. They weren't thinking meetings and multi-meetings and, and another site. You know, these, these details, they just weren't in the, they just weren't in the picture. You know, John, John said last week, it doesn't matter where God is leading you. The main thing is that he is leading you and that that is the, that's the essence of these people. They were, wholeheartedly following Jesus Christ. Wholeheartedly. There's one of them who's not there. And uh, she's not here. And that's Maggie. She, She died two years ago. Maggie up to the point was here at the King's Church. All of those people that you saw up there are still here. They're still serving, still committed, still giving still loving, they're so committed. I wonder how many churches that started all those years ago can say they've got all those people still in it doing the stuff. I tell you, there'd be very, very few. I mean, I don't know any, actually. So, we are—they are they are wholehearted people. You can't do vision without wholehearted people. Last week, somebody asked me, how did this church manage to grow as it did? How, how has that happened? And I'm just not, I'm not being over spiritual here. Uh, please understand that. But the person who used to lead this church and graciously handed it over to me was a man called Frank Matthews. He, he's here every week. And um, he had a line for this and he said, I don't know. It's just the grace of God. I, and I love that. And my friends, it's just the grace of God. We have no super charismatic stars here. It's the grace of God. This is about the grace of God. Nobody's seeking, you know, big names. No, this is the grace of God. You can't do this without the grace of God. And I should have said, I should have said this. I should have also said, you know, it can't happen without wholehearted people. And the truth is this. Many of you have followed in their footsteps. I mean, church, you're brilliant. You've followed in their footsteps. You serve. You've gone for it. We've had many changes along the way. Bang! You've got on board and gone for it. I mean, uh, that is brilliant. Thank you so much. So, you need to be wholehearted. I don't know where you are at the moment, but this is about being wholehearted. Now the second thing is we want to go I um, want to look at 1 Peter chapter two, verses four and five. It'll come up on the screen for you. And um, here's, here, here's the verse: "As you come to him." now that's your key, by the way. You can't not as you come to the kings center, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God." And precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices, acceptable God through Jesus Christ. Two things here. Firstly, we are committed to, wholeheartedly committed to community, and we're wholeheartedly committed to the lost. Those are, our, those are where we're going. Let's take the first one here about committed to community. The line was this: As you come to him, the living stone, you also are like living. You also like living stones are being built into a house. The early Christians they got this. You look at Acts two forty two forty nine. You look at it. They got it they knew what it was to follow jesus christ they were devoted to the apostles teaching to breaking bread to prayer and to fellowship they got it wholehearted stuff in community my friends community is not a luxury it's an absolute necessity an absolute necessity the first christians i mean they had this in spades you know, they, they understood that the decision to follow Jesus was to commit to God's people. And out of it would come other things. But it was a commitment and, and letting, letting go of the existing social structures they were in. You're like living stones, he says, built into a house. Now the wording house is really important. When, when Peter writes that, it's significant to them. See, at the beginning of his letter, he talks about them being strangers. A stranger was this. The word stranger meant no home, no house, no place to belong, no family. That's what it meant. So that's what they would have understood. And he said, you're, you were, you were strangers and you're scattered, literally without a, you know, meaning with, without a, a, a a house. That's not necessarily bricks and mortars, but without belonging, you no longer belong. Roman society viewed family as being part of Rome's family, and Caesar was the father. He was the patriarch. Well, once you had new birth in Jesus Christ, and once Jesus Christ was Lord, well, Caesar no longer was. And that was one of his titles, was Lord. So, new house, new birth... A new family. They got this. They understood this. We have a really low view of community in, our, in the West. We really do. We live radically individualistic lives. It's everything centers around my, me. That's, that, is, that is the key to Western culture. There are two things you cannot do on your own. You cannot be married... And you cannot be a Christian. You can't follow Jesus Christ on your own. Christianity is personal, but it's not private. You don't do your private deal. It doesn't work like that. You're birthed into a family. That is what, that's what it is. It, being built together means you don't stand alone. Being built together is authentic there's a continued work going on. Not the finished article. We come as we are. I'm not saying we stay like that. But God shapes our lives in the thick of life. Together. So when we come here, as Mark said this morning, we don't encourage you to leave your struggles and your burdens at the door. Because the implicit thing is you pick them up. On the way out. No. You bring the lot. All of you. And all the stuff that you carry through the week. And all the struggles that are going on. And the stresses. And the celebrations. And the victories. You bring it all. And let God do the work among us. And transform us. Amen. It's really key. Absolutely essential. A living stone. This is the normal Christian life. Peter is talking about living in community, where we love one another. And earlier on in that, uh, in, in chapter 1, he talks about from a deep, with deep and sincere hearts. You know, you people with deep and sincere hearts get engaged in one another's lives. Small groups. I'm really going to encourage you. I, I don't know where some of, some of you are. Some of you might be right on the edge. Some of you... Made no decision whatsoever to follow Jesus Christ. Some of you, following Jesus Christ, I am. I am just saying, get in to community, get into a small group. I'm. I'm really asking you to do that. It's key to your Christian life. You sitting in rows on a Sunday will not do it. We're meant to be connected. In community. How do you think this church has grown like that? If it wasn't for those people connected in community with one another all those years. I tell you, it doesn't happen in an instant. But you have to engage. Our small groups can't make that happen. They can facilitate it. But only you can commit and get into it. Get into community. Engage in one another's lives. What, listen, whatever the group, engage in one another's lives. I don't care how practical it is, engage in one another's lives. Live open enough lives for others to pray into. Sometimes we get together and we talk about personal matters, serious matters, and stop short of praying. Why would we do that? God loves it when you pray for one another. That's my brother praying for my brother and my sisters praying for my sister. Look, God loves it when you do that. We're exhorted to encourage one another daily. It's just one of those things you can't do in a row. You have to gather around and connect. That's how you encourage one another. You can't do this once a week with deep and sincere hearts. It's often said this, that love is an action, not a feeling. It's not biblical. I'm just testing you here. Actually, it's not biblical. Otherwise, we're just going to do through actions. When we connect, and we and there's nothing wrong with making decisions, and there's nothing wrong with action. I'm all for it. But feelings become part of it. It may not start that way, but they become part of it. How can you love one another with deep and sincere hearts if feelings are not involved? I don't get it. This is community. This is what it is to be part of the body of Christ. Deep and sincere hearts. Let me read this to you by um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. It's just to increase my street cred. Bonhoeffer, he says this. When God had mercy on us, When God revealed Jesus Christ to us as our brother, when God won our hearts by God's own love, our instruction in Christian love began at the same time. When God was merciful to us, we learned to be merciful with one another. When we received forgiveness instead of judgment, we too were made ready to forgive each other. What God did to us, we then owed to others. The more we received, the more we were able to give. And the more meager our love for one another, the less we were living by God's mercy and love. Thus, God taught us to encounter one another as God has encountered us in Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Could you just... It's about being connected. Small groups. Rich will come up in a moment or two and he'll talk about small groups. And I'm encouraging you to do this. This um, small group booklet. Have we got one here? Just, it's going to be given out at the um, end of the meeting. We have had church leader after church leader after church leader ask us what we're doing. And how have we done this? This is time and time and time again. Our number of small groups I mean it's just gone through the roof compared to where we were 12 months ago. We've got leaders. I spoke to a leader this week. He said, I want, I want to bring my whole eldership team and see what you're doing. We have more people connected to small groups than we've ever had before. I'm I'm just encouraging you. You may not have done this, but I'm saying you need to do this. This is family. This is where God talk is normal. Sharing our struggles is normal. Praying together is normal. It's not uncomfortable. It's not strange. It's normal. Admonish one another, the Bible says. Admonish one another. Can anybody just put up their hands if they've got that gift? I'm really into admonishing people. You know, no, no, no hands. Ben, did I see a hand? No, no, okay, Ben, just just checking. Just, well, listen, sometimes we need to. Sometimes we need to say it as it is. But you can't do that unless you've built the relational bridges. You can't do that if you're, unless you do community and connect with one another. You cannot do that. It, it just says a lot about us. If you know, if, we're, if, we, if this isn't normal to us, if admonishment isn't normal to us, it'll become a big thing. If we're not admonished by one another, we'll be sensitive anytime says anybody says anything. I tell you what, if we, if we don't do this, we'll miss the wounds of a friend that can bless us. You only do this in community... A number of months ago, Ron was speaking, and he talked about relationships. And he said, "You know, when you build a bridge, if you've got a five-ton bridge, you don't put a ten-ton lorry across it; it'll break." You know, relationships of that weight, and where we're speaking into one another's lives, they require a lot of weight. They require a lot of support, my friends. So, but this is normal, normal Christian life. Commit to community. Lastly, commit to the lost. So, here's it. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. What for? That you might declare the praises of God who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The Old Testament is full of Old Testament imagery. Chosen people, royal priesthood, holy nation people belonging to God. It's full of that. Because in the Old Testament, Israel was meant to be a place where everybody came to. It was meant to be attractional, not to repel. It was meant to attract. Okay, you can drop the verse. That's what it's for. We attract people individually. We attract people corporately. At the HDP Leadership Conference, uh, Nikki Gamble was interviewing Rick and Kay Warren. Rick... Warren is the writer of the incredibly selling book, A uh, Purpose Driven Life. And um, in the conversation, I can't remember where it was, but by the way, by the way download it because it was, there were was some very helpful things in it, particularly personal stuff. But one of the things that um, Rick Warren said is that at Saddleback, which is in Los Angeles, he said, We have 30,000 people coming during the weekends. Uh, Des and I have been to Saddleback. It's like a mini village. It's got the biggest parking lot you have ever seen. I mean, it is huge. Absolutely huge. And in his conversation, he so said, we have 30,000 people coming over the weekend. And we have over 40,000 people in our small groups. And I went, ching. I thought, Bigger small groups on Sunday mornings than weekend services. I, I, I like that. It meant they have small groups that not, can not just connect to those inside the church, but are making connection outside the church. Saddleback Church is a church that is made for mission. My friends, that is exactly what we're about. This is how the King's Church started. Mark Buchanan says this, Has your church lost its mission? I can guarantee that if it has, it's also lost, or soon will, any meaningful fellowship. Some people pit fellowship against mission as if they are opposed. They're not. I tell you what, you can't do one without the other. You need both, my friends mission and community. We commit to community, we commit to the lost. I read this week of a, of a church where, uh, on on their meetings, their gatherings, they regularly get prostitutes, gang leaders, addicts, and one Sunday morning, this streetwalker w- walks in, and she's beaten, she's bedraggled, she's shaking. And during the meeting, the pastor serves com- communion. And she took the bread and I think they had it all cut up like they do in some churches. They You take a little piece of bread. She took a whole handful of the bread and when he invited them to eat she ate a lot and licked the crumbs off her hands. And then they passed around the wine and I think they had them in those again those little thimblefuls. Sometimes you see them in some of the Baptist churches. They've got these little thimblefuls. She took six or seven of those thimblefuls And then, and she drank the lot. She drained the dregs. And all the time she wept. Through the whole thing, she wept. She wasn't physically hungry. She wasn't physically thirsty. She was starved for love. She was parched for grace. And she couldn't get enough of Jesus Christ. My friends. We must have a heart for the lost. If ever we need a baptism, it's one of compassion. I mean, some of the stuff going on behind closed doors, we are clueless. Absolutely clueless. I mean, it's just desperate. Some of the cries are loud, and some of them you can hardly hear, but they're desperate cries behind locked doors. C- commit to the lost. The reason we went to two meetings was not to make it convenient for those who get up late they still get up late, okay? If that was the case, it hasn't worked. Lateness still occurs. I'm mentioning no names here. And uh, we went to two meetings, why? Because we were full. Full means people can't get in. They can't see a seat, it's too many people, with too many bodies, 75-80% full. We were decidedly uncomfortable to remain that way. I mean, what's the mission in that if people can't get in? I mean, it took a wholehearted response to go from one meeting to two meetings. Church, you're brilliant. did a brilliant job. Big change. Great response. This year, more space required. Last Sunday morning, we had 340 people at the first meeting. And there was space in the auditorium. Why? Because we had made space for the children to have their own meeting right the way through the service. Predominantly... And they have a great time, by the way, but predominantly to make space in the auditorium for people to come. The reason we're going to, we want to go for a second site, another site here is to be part of the community in this town. We want to do that. We want to proclaim the praises of God there in that place. And we want to create more space here. Jesus was called to the lost. So are we. Multiple meetings, multiple sites. I tell you, we, our goal is to be starting in a year's time to get that site. That's a big challenge. This is a church, let me say, that spent 1.75 million pounds on this building with many, many less people than we have now. 1.7 million people. 1.75 million pounds. How do you do that? You do that with wholehearted people. This is a church. Kings, you're the church that reaches to Nepal, Pakistan, southern Sudan, helps to support two children's homes in Kathmandu. At the end of this meeting, by the way, you'll see tables out there, one with um, uh, cakes and the other one with knitwear, and, and, and our knitting groups have been doing this, to, to support the work in the homes, then to support the children and to help the homes. That's what it's about. You are a church, and one of the churches here in Wickham that touches the community, the homeless, those without food, those in debt through CAP. So, whatever we do, let's not lose the bigger picture, please. Let's not be so content with ourselves and and what we've become. Let's not lose the bigger... A second site, my friends, will need people to move. A second site will need a venue and equipment... It will need finance. It will need money to do this. We have a gift day coming up on the 16th of October. If the young people at New Day this year, that's 11 to 18 year olds, if they can raise an offering of 160,000 pounds, I think we can make a mark. Don't you? You're quiet. I think we can make a mark, you know. But we won't do it without finances. So we, we have a challenge on our hands. We need to pray. So let's be committed, wholehearted, committed to community, and committed to the lost. All right? God bless.